You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to episode 107 of the Soul Forge podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey gang, it's your ever-present host, Sean, and with me today I have a special guest. Uh, we have author Lisa Beer. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Sean. It's great to have you here. Appreciate you uh, coming on board the Soul Forge train. Uh, how are you today? Pretty good. I just had an excellent lunch with some friends and eat really healthy, lots of vegetables, so feeling full of energy. Oh, perfect. So you're ready to have a little bit of a chat? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Actually, how did we meet? We haven't actually met in person, but our mutual friend Deidre actually connected us. Yes, I've known her since grade nine, actually. Is that right? Yes, we were in the YMCA leadership program together back in Winnipeg. Oh, wow. Okay. That's and cool. then uh, I found out that we were in the same school together, but she was a year older than me, and we ended up on the same soccer team. I just met her in the last year that now that she's working at the post office and uh, she is a great connector of people. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. You've known her since grade nine. So that's, that's a long time. Yes. Very personable with an awesome smile, super smart and well caring. Yeah. That, uh, that explain, uh, describes her pretty well. So um, I figure what we would do is we would talk a little bit about uh, how you got into writing and then we would just go from there. Okay. You are primarily a children's author? Um, at this point, I would say that, yes. Uh, most of the publications that I have out are children's books for the younger set. Um, if you're reading two kids, maybe starting at about age three, and if you're reading with kids or kids reading for themselves up to about age nine, I've also done some poetry for adults, which are in various publications. And my first book was actually called Equal to the Challenge, an anthology of women's World War II stories. I've got my finger in a couple of different pies. I'm also working on some song lyrics and attempting a couple of longer stories. I find that uh, with longer stories, it's more of a challenge uh, because you have to maintain your focus and pay attention to all the details so much more. And I'm actually trying to do it with a bit of a workbook beside me where I make notes so I remember uh, the different details and things that I'm trying to have in the story arc and the clues that I'm putting in there for the reader. It must be fairly difficult to keep the, uh, the train of thought going, especially if it is a longer work. The biggest one that I'm working on right now is 77 pages at the moment. Oof, and so... my goal is to try and make it 200 pages. Uh, okay, but, so uh, more like a, a short novel. Yeah, it, it takes quite a while, though. And, uh, you know, you chip at it a little bit, little bit, <laughs> mm -hmm. and eventually, hopefully, I'll get there. 
I'm sure you will. Do you have like a, a specific routine? Like uh, you're going to write from uh, say eight to 12 or, or do you do like, I'm going to get 6,000 words today or is it uh, different than that? Um, it's quite different than that. Um, I live with a head injury that I got a couple of years back. And because of that, my energy comes and goes. And so does my concentration and memory and sometimes vision. <laughs> um, and I can only look at a computer for so long before I just can't see on the computer. So I have to be aware of uh, how much light I get into my eyes. Mm. So often I'll write on paper and uh, put it on the computer later. Um, also, I... You know, I have two kids that I'm raising, and that takes a lot of energy, and they have all sorts of activities and things going on as well. So sometimes I just don't have the time, and most of the time it's the energy level, though. Uh, I used to have more of a routine, and I would try and write uh, about 20 minutes every day at the same time, and I think that's something I'm going to need to try and get back into because I need a little bit more structure in my life overall. So kind of like a, a habit. You keep doing it, and it just becomes routine, and then it's easier to do. Yes. And that's what you used to have? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so what was this, this brain injury? How did, how did that occur? What, like, what happened? Well, the one I had in 2015, I was going to get my daughter's ballet shoes, and she had a loft bed, which is an office on top and a bunk on, sorry, office on bottom and a bunk on top. And because I'm tall, I'm not used to things over my head. So when I went into the closet of the office part and came out with the shoes, I stood up straight into the wooden bed. Ooh, ouch. And uh, I used to be almost 5'10". Uh, after that injury, I was measured at 5'8", just to give you an idea of the impact. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And then uh, in 2018... Um, I was in a car accident as well, so I've had a couple of knocks to the head, and you know each one adds up, unfortunately. Right, Cumul uh, cumulative effect. Mm hmm. Yeah, with concussions, actually, there's a lot of factors that people don't realize. I mean, I have had several people say, "Well, I know so and so that you know they had a concussion and they were fine in two weeks." Well, the reason for that is with concussions, it depends on how many head injuries you've had, where you were hit in the head, or where your brain impacted, because it's a misnomer that you actually have to have an impact to the head because the brain can hit inside without an impact on the outside. Mm. Um, your gender, your age, uh, whether you had pre-existing issues like um, depression or learning disabilities or autism or dementia or anything brain-related. My goodness, nutrition. There was about 14 factors. I knew them all at one point, but I don't remember them. Anyhow, my point is there's a lot of stuff that impacts on how much concussion uh, affects someone life, someone's life and how long it lasts for and how well people can recover. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, so many different factors, so many different variables. Um, mm -hmm. Have you found or have people found that your personality has changed from before the accidents? I think I'm a better person now. Uh, I had to retire because of my accident, and I'm much less stressed because of that. Um, I was in a place where work and home were both not very happy. Mm. So that combination, I was just not in a good place. 
having the concussion has made me appreciate life and friends and my kids a whole lot more. And it's really slowed me down. So in that way, it's been a blessing. Um, it's also gotten me to start writing again and feel creative. And uh, I don't know, just I feel more spiritual overall. I'm not a religious person, but I definitely feel more connected to people and the environment. Oh, that's incredible. That's that's exactly what the Soul Forge is about, actually. Um, and because when I when I say it's the the forge of souls or where you're creating yourself, it's not a necessarily religious thing. It's it's partly spiritual. It's partly uh, metaphorical. You know, just being the best version of who you are. Mm-hmm. And and you've found that you are becoming that person. I'm trying to. <laughs> well, that's all you can do. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly um, it. I'm a work in progress. You know, it's still an adjustment. I mean, I had to leave my career when it was not my choice. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm still struggling with. And there's just been an awful lot of changes in my life. I've had uh, people I thought were friends disappear. And I've had people that I barely knew that I'm now very close friends with that have been there for me. And some of them have opened up about some of their challenges. And I just, uh, I have a much more uh, deeper understanding of some of the struggles that people go through and how many things that people are dealing with that the rest of the world doesn't know about. Because right. people tend to either over-complain or not disclose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, believe, I, I think that's true. Because you do definitely hear a lot of complaining, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a lot of people who are very private and don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And so you've almost become like a uh, a lightning rod for people, would you say? At like a... times, yes. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that want to tell me their stories. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people that want me to publish their stories. And I have to explain I'm not a publisher. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they want me to tell them how to get published. And oh. it's like, I don't know the magic formula. Um, every publisher is looking for something specific Mm -hmm. and they have certain genres and age groups and themes and each year they'll decide, uh, what they want to avoid and what they're looking for. And a lot of publishers won't even look at your material unless you have an agent. Um, you have to research the publishing companies before you send your stuff in because otherwise you could be wasting your time and theirs. Right, right. And a lot of people just want to bypass all that. Just give me the information. Just tell me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not simple. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound simple at all. There's a, a really good book. I think it's called Writer's Marketplace, and it comes out every year. And you get it on Amazon, and uh, it tells you about a whole bunch of different publishers. Uh, its focus is in the U.S., although there are some Canadian content. There is some Canadian content in it, mm-hmm. and it tells you about what those specific publishers are looking for that year, and contests and fellowships and grants. And I believe there's a separate book called uh, Literary Agents. But if you search on Google or another company like that, you can find lots of material out there to help you. You just have to look. Yes. Right. <laughs> and... I, I think the biggest challenge for a lot of people that want to be published is they're not sure what they want to write or who they want to write to. Uh, yes. Okay. Like they're not aware of their audience, you mean? or? Yes. Okay. You know, like who is going to buy your book? Right. Yeah. 
you can't you can't just write something and hope that it hey here it is and one of the most interesting things i learned when i first started writing for kids was ask yourself are you writing for a child to be read to or are you writing for a child to read uh, big difference yes and also would this book appeal to the people like grandmas and moms and teachers that are going to be buying the books right of course of course because who's who's actually reading the thing mm-hmm. i should add you know dads and uncles and all the rest well, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course but yeah did you know the ESO network has a brand new patreon that's right we're asking for your help and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month don't fret, all your favorite shows will still be available for free as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to esopodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. Um, now, I'm just looking through your website here, and mm-hmm. uh, it looks like there's there's quite a few different things. Uh, you're, you're based in the Ottawa area, is that right? Yes. Looks like in December that you had a big book signing, or? Um, I try to have things every four months or so. In December, it was a book sale of the books that I currently have published at um, a local recreation center. Um, it's Dover Court Recreation Center. They're actually really great because... Uh, they support local artisans. You get mm. to have space there uh, in their upstairs and without a fee. And you can have uh, paintings, sculptures, books, whatever they're okay with. And uh, as long as you're not selling anything that is competition to what they sell, because they happen to have a little cafeteria there and sometimes they have other things on for sale. Um, they've been great. I've had uh, three events there so far. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay, I don't get down to Ottawa too often, but uh, that would definitely be interesting to see. Also, looking through your website, you have uh, you're, you're part of a little publishing company called uh, Crimson Cook, uh, Cloak Publishing. Yes, and that's a that's a local Ottawa thing, or is it uh, nationwide? Uh, they're down in the states. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let me just go to your biography here. You had uh, quite a few different things, I believe. Um, also, you write poetry. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I used to be uh, a poetry dabbler back in my university days. <laughs> did you have specific formats that you used? Um, I, I did some sonnets, but most of it was just uh, free verse. Okay. Yeah, whatever happened to hit me at the time. Mm-hmm. Coming soon. Let's see. You've got something called Cat. Mm-hmm. The Monster Who Ate All of the Colors. Yes. Oh, I'd like to read that. That sounds interesting. Oh, Sam and the Bully which is good for kids, definitely. Mm-hmm. And Mom Works. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who does all these uh, drawings? Different artists for different books. Stephanie Days, who is in Ottawa, did the drawings for Mom Works. And she also did um, Mouse in a Big House. And she's working right now on Dad and Me. The books, uh, the Sam and Junie series, I'm Running Away... Uh, Night Noises, Sam and the Bully, and a few others are done by Lynn Costello, who's out of the UK. Cats, uh, the artist is Carta Zenko, 
And I believe Card is actually in Transylvania, who was oh, wow. my publisher that connected me to her. So when we worked together, it was all online, okay. which is quite interesting, different way of working. I bet. And um, Sparkle the Elf and Twinkle the Elf uh, were done by Catherine Richardson. And she's also in, Toronto, in uh, the Ontario area. And I'm just looking at some of some of the art that's actually on the website, and mm-hmm. they're they're all very different. But they oh all, yes, they all make me want to uh, pick up one of these books and, and read it to a child. Cause, Great. Uh, yeah, uh, let me see. That's your... what they're meant to. <laughs> you, well, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so I guess your website is lisa.beer.ca. Yes. Okay, and that's uh, beer with an e on the end for our mm-hmm. listeners. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and to finish off, um, I did Cats and Cat. Cat was uh, illustrated by Desiree LaSalle and Billy Joe Rempel. And uh, Desiree is in Ottawa. Billy Joe was out in Calgary, and she just moved to the Toronto area. And the book Hair, Hair Everywhere was done by local Ottawa illustrator Mae Mutter. And uh, Mae Mutter is actually becoming quite well known because she did a book on concussions called A Caged Mind. Mm. And I was connected because she was interviewed for the Caged Mind project in the Ottawa Citizen. And one of my friends saw this and said, hey, here's someone who's doing concussions. You guys should talk. And uh, Mae Mutter did a whole bunch of uh, graphic painting on people and then took pictures of them for her book. It's a tabletop. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you must have uh, learned a lot from her, actually, about your own uh, condition. No, at the point that we met, I already was uh, at least a year into the whole process of learning about the therapist and trying to navigate the insurance forms and (laughs) all that fun stuff. (laughs) That must have been difficult. Yeah. I spent the first four months after my injury in 2015 pretty much in bed holding my head. Mm. And uh, there's some people that, you know, they're there for a lot longer than four months. So mm-hmm. I try not to complain. Right, right. Because everybody's different. Yes. Okay. Um, to get back to the books, uh, primar- sure. primarily children's books. Uh, yes. Books that kids would read themselves or ones that uh, they should have read to them? Both. Okay. Some of the books are for the younger set. Cat, mm-hmm. uh, Cats, and Mouse in a Big House are definitely for the younger kids. But, I mean, read them to a two-year-old and a five-year-old could read by themselves, I think. Um, that said, you know, five-year-olds are all different as well, the different reading abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one child that was a very avid reader and another child that it took a while for her to get interested. So okay, so a little bit of variety, which is always good. Mm-hmm. Back to your website here. I'm just looking uh, lots of different drop-down menus. Uh, you've got your poetry books. Looks like you have a few of those. Those actually aren't books. They're just samples of some of the uh poems that i've written oh okay okay yeah well, i haven't had a chance to go through everything yes yet but let me see the tides and tales is an anthology that crimson cloak publishing put out okay. they have charity anthologies that they do and uh, they ask various people to contribute stories and poems and things to the anthology and all the profits for them go to a charity and Tides and Tales, I cannot remember off the top of my head which charity it was that that one went to. 
But if you look at the Crimson Cloak Publishing website, you would find out. I'm just looking through here for song lyrics. It looks, doesn't look like you actually have any on here. Uh, yeah, I do, actually. It's do? Uh, Oh, yeah, there's about 12 of them there oh, under okay. Lisa Beer song, song lyrics. Well, I'm looking I'm looking on my phone, though, so that's probably what the problem is. Uh, you see where Poetry Events is, and then there's Tides and Tales underneath, and then the next arrow is song lyrics. Oh, yeah, there they are. Okay, yes. Oh, yeah, there's about a dozen of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that's not something that I can read while we're uh, talking, but that's something I'm going to look at after. Uh, sure. I, I would encourage our listeners to as well, because uh, just from the little bit that I have seen so far, it looks absolutely fascinating. Do you no, I'm do... hoping that I'll find someone who will turn them into music. I've had uh, a couple of people work on three of them, but none of them have ever actually been completely made into a song. And I don't uh, have the skill at writing music at this point to do it myself. Oh, that's uh, that's quite involved from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never been a music guy myself, but uh, yeah, once, once you start writing things and people start getting a hold of them, then you never know what could happen. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, what else uh, What else would you like to share with our, our listeners? Um, your, we've got your website, uh, a little bit about uh, the injury that you've had and the recovery that you've gone through. Well, I can tell you about why I started writing again, because I had a long pause of about a decade. Um, After my injury in 2015, that was August, um, the following March, I realized I wasn't talking properly, Mm -hmm. because when I was speaking with people, I was stuttering, which I had never done before. And I was doing this thing, I can't recall the name of it, but essentially... I wanted to say a particular word, and I would have another word come out of my mouth that had the same first letter Mm -hmm. and the same number of syllables, but it wasn't the right word. Oh, okay. So instead of saying toothpaste, I would say teapot. Mm, Right, okay. And so it was frustrating and embarrassing when I realized that. And I was also finding that if I was in a conversation with more than one person, I was getting confused about what was going on because my processing time was slower. So I would be still working on what the first person said when the other person was talking. Mm -hmm. And with my particular injury, uh, my filters in my brain for my vision and my hearing were affected. So uh, to explain it, when I was sitting beside my young daughter who was having a bath and the water was running and the bathroom fan was on and she was talking... I had no idea what she was saying because all three sounds were jumbling together Ooh. and my brain couldn't filter it out to focus on what she was saying to me. And she was right in front of me. Wow. Okay. That, that must have <laughs> been quite difficult. I can't even imagine. Well, I can tolerate noise more now, but only for a limited time period. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can manage to go through a lunch in a restaurant, but I can't be at a party for four hours. Right. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yes. So you're you're slowly getting better, but there's still lots to manage. Oh yeah, and I find that, uh, like you had asked me about changes after my head injury, I definitely like the acoustic guitar a lot more now, mm-hmm. and I cannot stand being near an electric guitar because oh. of the sound being like how it is, mm-hmm. and I like Aerosmith, I like ACDC, but if I'm going to listen, it's going to be pretty darn quiet. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah, because your toleration has uh, has changed. 
Yeah, and for the first uh, year and a half after the injury, I couldn't easily be on the phone or listen to radio because my hearing was so uh, messed up that I would hear all the electronic sounds on the phone line or in the radio. Ooh, okay. And uh, most people aren't aware of them, but I didn't have the filter functioning. I mean, if I was walking down the street, I would literally hear the electricity in the wires above my head. Wow, okay. So you can imagine how great it would be if a um, siren suddenly started going off on a police car beside me. Uh, yeah, not good. No. <laughs> wow. So way more sensitive and uh, aware of things. Yes. And I've actually been working with an audiologist. I have hearing aids for noise desensitization. Mm-hmm. And most people don't know about this um, noise desensitization therapy. It's not uh, widely spread or widely available. There's only two people in Ottawa that offer it. And essentially what they do is they put you in a booth, find out what your tolerance level is, and then create noise filters and uh, sounds in your hearing aid so that you have to listen to them for hours every day, and it pushes your tolerance level. And that's supposed to get you gradually to normal tolerance. Now, I've had a lot of stress in my life the last couple of years that has precluded me doing that therapy actively. So unfortunately, I am not there. (laughs) But I've heard that it works really well for other people. And when I get on a more even keel with the rest of my life, I'd like to get back to trying that because I would like to not have the noise issue anymore. I bet. And and we're all works in progress. So you'll, you'll get there when you get there. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess you, uh, you've you learned to forgive yourself for your limitations, would you say? Oh, yeah. yeah. You have to have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one is perfect. Everyone mis- makes mistakes. Everyone forgets things. Everyone stumbles on words. And it's like, okay, you know what? <laughs> My true friends won't hold it against me. That's true. And I guess you've learned who your true friends are. Oh, yeah. It's been quite the eye-opener. I'll bet it has been. Uh, what would you say the biggest takeaway from everything has been? Hmm. If there is something. <laughs> There's a lot. I guess that life is very unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. And that you should take the time to appreciate moments and people and places. And when you're in the woods, stop and walk around. When you're talking to people, make sure you're really listening you know, I'm not uh, not a huge person on meditation and mindfulness, but I'm starting to get into it, and I'm starting to see that slowing down and focusing on the instant really does have a lot of value because we rush through so many things. And we miss a lot. Yes. Okay, that's, that's good advice for everybody. Mm-hmm. I would definitely like to thank you for being part of the Soul Forge and sharing part of your story with us. You're welcome. Once again, listeners, to find out more about Lisa, go to lisa.beerwithane.ca. Are you on, uh, do you have like a public Facebook or a Twitter or anything like that where people can find you? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Pinterest. I have my books on Amazon and Chapters websites. Um, Also Barnes & Noble websites. And my gosh... They were on Smashwords. I'm not sure if the publisher still has them listed there. And Goodreads. And basically, if you Google my name, you start to find a whole bunch of things popping up. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, so on Twitter, are you just at Lisa Beer? 
Yes. Okay, perfect. That's, uh, that's a good way for people to connect with you. Listeners, check her out, follow her, get her books, uh, help support everything that she does. Uh, you can find us on soulforgepodcast.com. And remember, we are not in control of what lessons others are here to learn. This has been another episode of the Soulforge Podcast. Find us on Twitter at SoulforgePod or email the show via soulforgepodcast at gmail.com. Soulforge is a production of Sean Vanderloo and Friends. You can find Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. Remember to visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links and share the show with everyone you know. Thanks for stopping by the Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. How it works? Do you want me to explain how it works or no? Sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. <laughs> okay, how it works is um, Crimson Cloak Publishing's only been around for four years. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty small. And they don't have a lot of uh, marketing and stuff at this point. And for the artists, you have a choice of using one of the artists they find you or finding your own artist. Hmm. And they have to approve the artist that you found. And for payment of the artist, the artist either gets royalties through them for book sales. Mm -hmm. Or if I want with an artist that I find, I have the option of purchasing art So writing into the contract that I own the art or I own the art for specific reasons. Oh, okay. If I own the art, I can do what I want with it. Like if I want to put it on mugs or t-shirts or whatever. Oh, right. Okay. And when you're finally in Ottawa, look me up and I'll take you out for a beer. That sounds like a great idea. I'd love to. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Well, uh, thank you for doing this. This is awesome. Oh, no worries. Let me know if you would like me to talk anymore or you have any more questions. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.